Welcome to Totalus Rankium. This week, Theodora 2. Hello and welcome to Roman Emperors of Salus Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob, ranking all of the emperors from Augustus to Constantine 11, and this is episode 138. Ooh. It's Theodora 2. Yeah, it is. Um, there was a first one, I remember that. Well, I didn't remember that, I just, because 2 comes after 1, so I assumed it. It's funny you say this, because the first thing I need to discuss is about how unusual it is that it's Theodora 2. Yes. <laughs> Which is, I'm sure, what you're referring to, yeah? Exactly, yes. That was my yes. point. So thank you for the segue there, Jamie. <laughs> no problem. That's good. Smooth. Theodora II, the Purple Born, if you want to give her her nickname. She's... I've never seen her listed as Theodora II. I've only ever seen her listed as Theodora, Purple Born, or sometimes Theodora III. Yeah, again, this is a, a case of Wikipedia changing relatively recently. So <laughs> someone's someone's doing stuff on Wikipedia with some dates and names, and I can't say I'm agreeing with it, because yeah. Theodora 3 does not work for us at all. No. Well, in fact, Theodora on its own doesn't work for us, obviously, uh, because she's not the first Theodora to rule the Empire. We've already yeah. had a Theodora. Yes, we have. So we can't call this Theodora just Theodora. We've had one before. If you remember, this is the Theodora who was wife to Theophilus, the mother to Michael III the Drunkard. She ruled after Theophilus, after he died, and ruled whilst Michael came of age in 842. Right. Now, none of this may ring a bell. I don't know, maybe you're going, I remember that clear as day. Yeah, ab ab absolutely. Well, it's fine, I figured out how to root you into where we were in the story. This was uh, the same time as a certain character, because you're probably most likely to remember from this period that Theodora's uncle was Manuel. Manuel. Oh, yes. Yeah, if you yeah, remember, Manuel died <laughs> uh, saving Theophilus's life, but then came back to life because he was nursed by nuns and, oh, good yeah. old Manuel. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that uh, we're very hazy when it comes to the emperors of the period, but uh, Manuel, oh, he's, uh, he yeah. sticks in the mind. I could write a book um, about Manuel. Oh, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that was our first Theodora. Uh, so we can't call today's Theodora Theodora. Uh, that's confusing. Hmm. However, the three version, which is the one you find on Wikipedia at the moment, that's just weird, because that counts the niece of Manuel, uh, obviously, uh, but it also counts Theodora, the wife of Justinian I, as the first Theodora to rule, which is just... I just don't get it. No. I don't understand. I, I can only assume that this is source bias, uh, hmm. We have a lot of details on Justinian I, and hmm. therefore his wife, because we have a lot of details of the of the time. This Theodora is an amazing person with a great story, uh, which we covered in Justinian's episode. But it uh, doesn't mean she was ruling the empire. She right. obviously wasn't. She was Augusta, yeah. But we've had countless Augustas since. Uh, they, and they don't count as the emperor. She was not ruling it. She was the wife to the person ruling it. So that, that'd I'd be like us now saying we've got King Philip in control. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so that's why she didn't get an episode at the time. I thought it was a very obvious she doesn't get an episode. Yeah. Doesn't mean her story wasn't interesting. It just She just wasn't in charge. Uh, yeah. So I'm not entirely sure why people count her. Again, I think it's source bias. I think people like Justinian one a lot, so they just want to... Um... Well, I'm sure if all our listeners go onto Wikipedia, 
Yeah, just you start know what to do. change it. Yeah. Change it to Theodora 2. Yep. Um, which I've never seen her listed as, um, but we're starting now. So yeah. there we go. Theodora 2, Purple Born. Because, let's face it, we, we've established this a while ago now. To get an episode in this podcast, you need to have a reasonable argument to say that you controlled the Empire for a period of time. And today's Theodora does. Yeah, you, you made some decisions that something happened. Someone needs to declare you Emperor, be it yourself or someone else, and enough people need to support you. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and this works with this Theodora, so let's go over her life. But uh, it's going to be a short one today because we have covered all the major events from multiple angles already. Because obviously we've done her sister and three of her husbands. Um, well, fifth time's a charm, Colin. So, so here we go. <laughs> so, let's start back again in 980. Theodora was born the third and youngest daughter of Constantine VIII and the niece of the great Basil II. What was Theodora's mum's name? Can you remember, Rob? So her mother was Helena, father Constantine VIII. And she is the youngest child, the youngest daughter. Uh, if you remember Zoe's episode, there are a couple of tales that we covered of trying to marry Zoe off... Uh, to the Western Emperor at the time, uh, Emperor Otto. Uh, but we don't get any of that for Theodora. Apparently she was briefly considered to be the bride of Otto III, but was just passed over for Zoe. We don't really know why. You can infer a couple of lines in Celis to, to indicate that she was just not wifely material. Ooh. But uh what's that yeah. mean? It's a bit mean. Norwich, the historian, takes it to mean that she was a bit plain... Uh, but I, oh. I can't help but feel that's Norwich just deciding because I couldn't see anything that definitely said that. Norwich is a bit odd when it comes to descriptions of the ladies. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> he sometimes discusses in quite a lot of detail about how attractive some people are. And then you look into the sources and go, really? Where did you get this from? <laughs> did you really get all of this from this one line? Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's beside the point. Um, anyway, so we've got Theodora. She is not being arranged to marry the, the emperor in the West. Uh, as far as we're aware, uh, there are no marriage alliances planned for her whatsoever. Basil dies yet again. Uh, oh. His brother Constantine becomes the emperor yet again. He becomes ill and looks for an heir. And if you remember, he began by choosing Delesinos for his daughter Zoe. Zoe was quite likely happy with this choice because there was a good chance that her and Delesinos already knew each other fairly well. Like, knew, knew each other. Oh, yes. But then, again as covered, the powerful convinced Constantine to change his mind. So he suggested that Theodora wed the city prefect Romanos, the future Romanos III. But Theodora, and this is our first glimpse of her personality here, just flat out refused. I'm not going to marry that man. <laughs> nah. He's really old. He's approaching 70. I don't fancy it. Yeah, he wouldn't need to be married for long, though. Obviously skirting with the fact of her, you know, free will and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, Constantine turned to his other daughter, Zoe, and she agreed to marry Romanos, uh, and they did indeed get married. And then Constantine died, like, the next day after the wedding. So there you go. Um, Theodora didn't have to marry, guessing she was quite pleased with that. Yeah, she doesn't marry at all, does she, from what I remember? Oh, we'll get into it. Oh, okay. uh, but this is our first case of her refusing to marry. Um, however, she soon saw a problem. As covered, Zoe and Theodora hated each other. Ah. Again, we don't know why. Uh, no details are ever gone into. They just despise each other. Is this on levels of like Caracalla and 
getter sort of yeah well if you remember when we did zoe's episode i said levels of character hello and getter and you got very yeah. excited yes and then at the end you were quite disappointed because no one was ripping each other's eyes out oh yeah i do but, like brutal brutal violence yeah no the hatred is definitely there now, the problem is that zoe being the one who gets married to the future emperor means zoe now has the power not only that though um romanos the new emperor had this new man around this is obviously John the Orphanotrophus, who we've covered quite a bit. Uh, and John did not particularly like Theodora either. So in the palace, she had Zoe and John. Neither of them liked Theodora. Yeah. Unfortunately, we get very few details why. We're just told they did not get on. Well, what do you think it is? Do you think, did, did she have a droney voice and always <laughs> spoke in a monotone way like this without any form of inflection? I'm going to go for that one. Even when she asked questions? Are you feeling yeah. okay? I'm glad to hear it. I think Theodora was just incredibly boring. Maybe oh. that's why she wasn't wifely material. Maybe yes. she was just really boring. Maybe. Okay, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going for this. So, let's say that John and Zoe both just despised Theodora because she was so dull. Oh. Yeah, it's a shame, but uh, it's probably true. Uh, you can make up your own mind later, but there's a reason you'll see later why I think that theory fits. <laughs> anyway, um, Theodora starts to worry. Uh, she's confined to the women's quarters. Her staff was obviously made up from people reporting directly to either John or her sister, or both. Oh dear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no gossip then. Yeah, exactly. Uh, meanwhile, however, on the Prince's Islands, remember the small islands yeah. near the city? Uh, exile people to them. Is that where they became? Is that where they were deserted or monked and nunned? Yeah, yeah. A common place to monk or nun someone and then send them to the Prince's Islands. So on the Prince's Islands uh, was a man named Pressian. Now, Pressian uh, and his brothers had fought against Basil II at the end of the Bulgar War. Uh, but they'd surrendered, they'd been forgiven, and then married into the Roman aristocracy. Now remember, this is uh, Basil very wisely trying to merge the aristocracies together to ensure that there's peace. Don't go too hard on the Bulgars. I want them in my empire. Makes sense. So you've got Pressian from the Bulgars uh, married into the Roman aristocracy. However, uh, things didn't go perfectly smoothly because Pressian then had a falling out with a member of the Sclerus family. Ooh. This is a side note, by the way, I'm okay. about to say. But it's interesting if you're joining the dots... Try and keep with me, but don't worry if you get lost, because it's not actually that important. Okay. The person Pressian fell out with was a man named Basil Sclerus. Basil Sclerus is the son of the Sclerus who we have already covered, who rebelled against Basil II at the start of his episode. Right. This Basil Sclerus is also the father of a daughter called Sclerina, who is Constantine IX's second wife. Constantine IX, who we did last episode. Right. Now, Constantine IX's second wife, Sclerina, then died, but had a niece, who Constantine IX then fell in love with as well. This is the other Sclerina, who becomes the third wheel in the throuple with Constantine IX and Zoe. Right. Like I say, Easy. don't worry if you didn't follow that. Just know the Sclerus family very much intertwined with all the stuff that's been going on in the last few episodes. Yeah, they're in yeah. bed with the aristocracy, you could say. Yeah, yeah, quite literally in some cases. Um, yeah, anyway, that's beside the point. It just was one of those, <laughs> oh, look, there's dots and connections there's with this thing. family. Yeah, if you haven't got a clue what I just said, you can just rewind it, listen to it a few times. It mm. might make sense. Who knows? Anyway, 
This prescient, you're probably wondering why on earth am I talking about this prescient to begin with? I wonder things like that in most episodes, to be honest. Fair enough. Wow, this prescient and this Basil Sclerus disliked each other so much that they came to blows. Uh, they actually started brawling. Oh, what was this about? Like, they're having a meal. Oh, you just accidentally knocked me. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, you will be sorry, that kind of thing. Just Yeah, I, I think just so. Just away out of hand. Started from nothing blow up. Um, more likely uh, Basil Sclerus came from Roman aristocracy. They were the Sclerus family. Very, very important. Uh, this Pressian came over from the Bulgars and had just married in. So probably just tensions over from the war, to be honest. But that that, that was all undercurrent. It, it all sparked off when Pressian knocked over the salt cellar. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a catalyst. So anyway, they came to blows. Then Constantine VIII banished both of them in a true you-are-banished kind of way for fighting. Very Romeo and Juliet. I think he, like, stood up, arm, um, full outright, you are banished. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the image I've got. And both yes. of them were hauled onto a boat and taken to the Prince's Islands. Uh, banished. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's how you say that word. Right. So why on earth am I talking about Pressian and Basil Sclerus? Well, there is a story, we are told, uh, that we've not covered at all in any of the episodes yet, which is Theodora, in the women's quarters, worried about her future, worried that her sister Zoe and John the Ophantrophus were plotting against her. Uh, she decides she's going to do something about it. Oh dear. Possibly. We don't know if this is true. All we know is that one day, John the Orphanotrophus announced that he had found evidence that Zoe and Pressian were plotting together to take over the throne. Pressian, therefore, was pulled out of his monastery, blinded, and then monked even harder. <laughs> um, Double monked. I, I can only assume he was only exiled the first time round, monked the second time round, but I'd like to think they did double monking, just to make sure. Oh. Yeah. Theodora was left unpunished. Uh, she was the daughter of the last emperor, sister-in-law to the current one, niece of Basil II. I mean, yeah. you can't go around punishing her. No. But Pressian felt the full force of John the Orphanotrophus. Then, shortly after this, Romanos, the current emperor left the city to go and win glory in fighting, which doesn't go well. No. However, in the meantime, John the Orphanotrophus discovered another plot. Apparently, Theodora was plotting with a man named Constantine this time. He was a man who ran one of the themes. Now, this is the plot we have mentioned before. This is the one where Constantine has an accident on the palace walls and is found hanging in the morning. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Head accidentally went through that meat hook. Yeah, exactly. Uh, again, Theodora heavily implicated. Now, how true are these stories? Uh, was Theodora plotting to take over the throne? We just do not know. No idea. It wouldn't surprise me if Zoe was saying certain things, but I don't know. Yeah, but as we've covered in Zoe's episode, this could just be Zoe making moves to get rid of her sister. Yeah. It could be John the Orphanotrophus, who just didn't like Theodora, wanting to get rid of her. Um, or maybe Theodora was up to her neck in plots. Who knows? <laughs> All we do know is that second time was a charm, because after a second implication in such a short amount of time, it was decided that something needed to be done with Theodora. So she was nunned. At about the age of 50, she was thrown into a monastery. And you'd think that would be the end of her life, really, wouldn't you? You'd assume so, yeah. 50 years old, nunned, back in these days. Oh, but no. No, things are going to change. We don't know how Theodora reacts to being nunned. There is no record of it. 
I'm guessing she wasn't happy. I think bloody furious might be. I'm going to guess that, yeah. Um, <laughs> we also don't know anything about her for the next 11 years. Oh, so we meet her again when she's 66? 61. Yeah, that's what I meant, yeah. <laughs> yes. Gosh. Yeah, so she was 50 when she went in, 61 yeah. when she comes out, and we don't know what happens for that decade. She was nunned. Uh, we don't know how much she hears of the outside world, but she's... I bet she hears stuff. Well, she's not sent away to a distant island to be nunned. Yeah. She's kept within the city, uh, just kept out of sight. Um, so I'm guessing she would have been aware of stuff, even if she was a nun, yeah. being kept somewhere. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's just 11 years of her life, just nunning. Um, so yes, yeah, she... she wouldn't have really had anything to do with the fact that Romanos III dies and then John gets his brother, Michael Zoe's lover, on the throne then Michael died, remember yeah. and then Michael and John's useless nephew, Michael the ship smearer, becomes the emperor uh, all of that happens Theodora's just being a nun and then it is in April 1042 that Theodora's life has a sudden course change because she heard a sudden commotion outside the church that she lived in. Hello, what's that? Well, a voice called out. It was a voice she recognised. Uh, it was one of her father's advisers. So she remembers this voice from, from when she was younger. Uh, this advisor calls through the church, presumably through the windows, <laughs> or through the open door. Uh, she's inside, he's outside with a large group of men, basically. Uh, he quickly informed... Theodora, what was going on? Don't know if you've noticed inside the church, but the entire city is rioting. <laughs> uh, the, the entire city, in fact, has risen to defend the royal family from the pretender Michael V, the ship smearer. And yes, you may have heard them chanting Zoe, Zoe, Zoe for quite a <laughs> while, uh, but actually we've had a think about it out here, and we think that you, Theodora, are actually the true heir. I'd be really annoyed at that. It's like, you can't shove me in a nunnery for 11 bloody years, then just, when it's convenient, drag me <laughs> out again. It's pretty much what she says, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, this man uh, outside the church, it's a man named Cabasilus, uh, he was working for the powerful, the aristocratic group who wanted to wrestle power from the emperor. Now, remember, they stoked the the riots, they started up the riots, trying to, to topple Michael V. However, they had become worried that Zoe would actually still support Michael, so the powerful decided to back Theodora instead. Uh. So they'd sent Cabasilus to go and collect Theodora because she knew him of old, so he would be the right man for the job. Is that, do you think that's the intention of making Theodora sole ruler or just as like a counterweight? At this point, sole ruler. If they get Theodora to be in charge... Theodora can then publicly announce that Michael V, the ship smearer, is no more, and then it is a peacefulish transfer of power because then they could arrange a husband for her and get the right man in for the job. And like you said a moment ago, Theodora is not happy with this. <laughs> uh, now, whether she was happy as a nun by this point, uh, we don't know. More than likely, it's more the case that she wasn't an idiot and she figured that uh, this would just be a good way to get yourself killed, really. There's riots in the streets. There are people literally hacking each other to pieces. Do I really want to become a figurehead? So she announced very firmly that she was a nun now 
and she could not get involved. Yes, I have bigger things to think and worry about, like my eternal soul kind of thing. What do you think Cabasilas's response to that was? All right, fine. Or did you just kidnap her? Yeah, yeah, it's number two. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he he ordered his men to just take her. They entered the church with their knives drawn (gasps) and dragged Theodora out against her wishes. If she was angry before, she's going to be furious now. Oh, yeah, she was not happy. Uh, Once she was dragged out of the church... They placed an imperial robe over her nun garb and then forcibly popped her on a horse. At that point, the guard formed a circle of protection around the horse she was riding on and they carried her away to the Hajj Sophia, all against her will. Isn't she on the Isle of Princes at the moment? No, no, like I said, she's not exiled far away. She's just in a church oh, in the city. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, so she's nearby. I was going to say horses out of sight. Swim, uh, No, <laughs> I mean, that would be impressive. But no, it doesn't take them long. They go to the Hajj Sphere, and in the Hajj Sphere is the Patriarch. Patriarch just so happens to be fully on the side of the powerful faction, thinking <laughs> that the ship smearer needs to be deposed. He, he was probably in the church, like, just brushing off the throne, crown in hand. Oh, hello! <laughs> Fancy seeing you here. What a surprise. And here's me with this crown. <laughs> Oh, what are we to do? Um, Now, just to remind you where everyone else is during this coup, because we've covered this from a couple of different angles now. Zoe, at this point, is abandoned alone in the palace. She's already been brought back from the Isle of Princes. Uh, She's already been dragged to the Hippodrome, where everyone just started throwing things. And then she's back in the palace. Uh, Michael, the ship smearer, and his uncle Constantine were on the run by this point. They realise that things are falling apart. But in the city, you've got supporters of Zoe, the general population of the city, just rioting in the streets. Then you've got supporters of Michael still trying to defend the palace, even though he's doing a runner. You've... So, so sorry, you're probably going to answer this in your next comment, but I can't wait. Um, why are they dragging Theodora back then? Because you've got one half the city, or the majority perhaps, just on Zoe's side, they want Zoe to be... Yeah. Leave the left alone or emperor or empress, whatever. And you've yeah. got the other side of one Michael. So, is she a compromise? No, the, the problem is the powerful started this revolution thinking they would use Zoe right. as a pawn. But they lost confidence that Zoe would be a pawn. Okay. So, someone remembered that she had a sister. We could use her instead. Right. Because don't forget, Michael, the ship smearer, exiled Zoe. Everyone got angry. So then Michael's ship smearer got Zoe back very quickly and then took her to the Hippodrome. Now at that point, the powerful think, oh, Zoe's not riling against Michael here. Zoe's actually doing what Michael wants. So if we say Zoe's in charge, there's a good chance Zoe will say, yes, I am. But so is Michael. But I, I, I guess it's like just thinking of like reading the room almost. It's like, well, no one's asking for Theodora. No. Except Jeff. (laughs) big fan t-shirt and everything yeah no one's asking for theodora but the powerful want to take the power off michael but don't trust theodora enough uh don't trust zoe enough to to... yeah exactly the powerful have got the city all stoked up cheering for zoe but then they change their mind and the trouble is once you've got a whole city cheering for zoe it's very hard to change their minds again and say actually we want theodora now 
So yeah. it's just a bit, it's a messy coup, basically. Uh, yeah, the people okay. who started the coup changed their minds halfway through who they were backing, and <laughs> the mob didn't get the message. So that's why you've got a majority of the city cheering for Zoe. You've got the palace still protecting the palace for Michael, but their allegiance is wavering quickly. But then you've got the powerful, like people in charge of the soldiers and stuff. They've changed their minds. They're going for Theodora. Right. Okay. So that's what's going on in the city. And this is what Theodora is just dragged into. <laughs> she would have known very little about it beforehand. And suddenly there she is. She's in the heart of Sophia with the patriarch being told that, well done, Theodora, you are now the emperor. You are now in charge. Oh. <laughs> now, from this point on, some historians claim that Theodora was issuing orders. And you see it in some history books saying things like uh, Theodora ordered that Michael be blinded, for example. But Celis himself uses the phrase Theodora's companions ordered. I think it's <laughs> safe to say that Theodora was most likely placed in a room in the Hagia Sophia, while the patriarch and other high-ups in the powerful faction issued orders on her behalf. She has absolutely no power. She, she, she didn't even have the power to say she wanted to remain a nun. Yeah, exactly. She has no power uh, at this point. She is being dragged along. Anyway, the first of these orders that come from Theodora's faction is that the city prefect and his friend Celus head off and track down the emperor, because there's a rumour that he's held up in a church somewhere with his uncle Constantine. This we covered in Michael's episode. This is where we see him weeping and clinging on to things and then being dragged out of the church and blinded. But we're with Theodora, and she's still in the Hajj of Sophia. Um, the orders are issued, probably not by her, uh, and then people disappear, and time passes. Those around Theodora became uneasy. No word came back. We, we ordered you to go and track down Michael, but we've heard nothing. Uh, more rumours come to them, though, that Michael is indeed in that church, almost certainly. So uh, a slightly worried patriarch uh, sends out another order. Whenever you find the emperor blind him immediately and his uncle Constantine. This is on Theodora's orders. How immediately? Uh, very immediately, because as we covered, this happens in the streets. Michael V is blinded, oh, yeah. as is Constantine. Ah, uh, is that coming yeah. back to you now? Yeah. yeah, they didn't like that, did they? They did not, no. Who is the stoic one? Was uh, that was the uncle Constantine. Okay. Yeah, he, 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 he took it and tried to gain some dignity uh, Michael, Michael the ship smearer blubbered the whole way through. Well, which you would, uh, wouldn't you? I was about to say, I, I'm not <laughs> looking down on him for that. If someone was coming nope. at me with a red hot poker, I don't know how I'd react. Nope. <laughs> I'd like to say I'd be all all sort of action hero-y and just yeah. lie down, take, take the, the poker eyes. and just do it myself. Ooh. And then eat them just to freak them out. Yeah, but I probably wouldn't. You'd miss your mouth. They'd be nice and toasty, though, with a red hot poker. I wonder if they'd pop, because they're liquid-filled, aren't they? So they'd like, mm. expand and... Don't know. Let us know, it. listeners. Yeah. We're uh, trying <laughs> to pet and let us know what happens. <laughs> so, uh, Theodora's still in the Hajj of Sophia, when news comes back that the Emperor indeed has lost his eyes. I lose things all the time, to be fair. So yeah. And there you go. Theodora is now in charge. But there was one problem. Her sister was still in the palace. And there was a huge amount of support for her with the people. 
it's all that cheering she can hear. Yeah. This would be a little disconcerting, actually. <laughs> now, the powerful sat down to have a think. It's, okay, the Emperor's gone. We could just try and make Zoe the puppet, but we have just spent quite a bit of uh, political capital to getting Theodora out of a monastery. I mean, just putting her back in won't look good. So why don't they both be Emperor? Joint Emperors. Well, that's true. That's always worked in the past. Exactly. So. And then... Fun. If we've got two female emperors, it'll be even easier to get one of them married quicker. And we'll put the right man in for the job. What's their thought? So, that's what they did. Zoe and Theodora were placed in charge. Uh, mm-hmm. Zoe, as the elder, was seen as the lead emperor. But again, as covered, they were both seen as caretakers. Until a man could be put in the place. Because yeah. the misogyny of the Romans. Yeah. So, the powerful sat round and they had a chat... Who should we marry off first? Many in the powerful wanted it to be Theodora. It just made sense. She should find a husband she had never wed before. It was no, only I right. don't want to get married. Stop shouting, Theodora. <laughs> well, this is it. This is exactly Theodora's reaction. She wasn't happy with getting married before. She's not happy getting married now. I am absolutely furious. Well, once again, Zoe was the sister more willing to marry a husband, so a husband was found for her, and just as we saw in her episode, an old fling was found, Constantine Nine, who came along to the city, as did his girlfriend Sclerina. Awkward. Now, we get very little on Theodora's reaction to all of this happening. Again, she's just sort of pushed to one side in the sources. Uh, you get the feeling, though, she was probably happy just to be left out of it by this point, uh, <laughs> yeah. just to live a life in the palace. She's no she's longer nunned. She now has a life of luxury. She's in her 60s. Fair enough. Just leave yeah. me alone. You guys get on with your, what is it, agreement of friendship, are you calling it? Whatever. Oh. <laughs> we call that something different when I was a young lass. <laughs> so, she gets on with her life, generally. Uh, apparently, Sclerina was very good at providing gifts with people she wanted to ingratiate herself with. Um, and with these gifts, she won acceptance from Theodora. According to Celus, Theodora had a hobby. This is pretty much the only detail we get on her personality, ever. All right, what's the most boring hobby I can think of? Organising pans, cooking utensils. No, um, but it's it's essentially that. It's just... Spoon collecting. You're getting very warm now. Oh, really? Oh, is it collecting something? It is collecting something. Needles or pins, something... Not needles or pins. Is it a cooking utensil? Plates? No, no. Coin collecting? (laughs) Yes, got it. Oh, that's that's not boring. That's cool. <laughs> yes, I know you'd say that. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I'm genuinely surprised you're not reaching for your coin book right now to wave at the camera. Well, the listeners can't. I can. It's just down here. If you want, do you want to see it? <laughs> yeah, um, Theodora, uh, and this is genuinely one of the only things we're told about her, was an avid coin collector. Oh, what a woman. She loved collecting coins. Well, I don't want to give the ending away, but I have a feeling this one's going to get a Jenny César. <laughs> well, uh, Sclerina gave her lots of gifts of rare coins. Uh, she particularly liked coins oh. from the East, rare coins from the East, apparently. So uh, she, she got coins from the East, and that was enough for the elder woman to be happy with this new Augusta that had suddenly turned up. Fine, have your, have your zone of friendship, or whatever you're calling it. I'm, I've got my <laughs> coins now. Uh, we're all good. So again, due to lack of sources, we just get this image of a woman happy just to plod along. 
However, we get one story from this time that indicates maybe, just maybe, there was more going on in the coin-collecting mine of Theodora than we first imagined. During the montage, you hear, like, pennies dropping, sort of ching, 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 she's thinking, that kind of thing. Yes, literally because the pennies dropped with her. Oh, I love it. Well, the reason why we get a hint of a different side to Theodora is John the Orphan Atrophus. Because we talked about him a lot, and then he got exiled by his nephew, the ship's mirror, when they fell out, remember? Yes. And then that's the last we really heard of him. Yeah. Just to remind you, who had nunned Theodora in the first place? It was John the Orphan Atrophus. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Ooh. And she had not forgotten that. Well, you wouldn't, would you? No. Now, John, like I say, he'd been exiled by his nephew... But that was not enough for Theodora, because it would appear that through connections, an order was sent to where John was being held. He was to be blinded. Oh. And no need to be too careful with the blinding, either. I mean, be as creative as you want. Yeah. Use as much expression as you feel you need. Do it from a distance. Yeah. Just just re- really creative blinding. Yeah. The yeah. Javelin. Pull out one eye with the spoon. Old school. <laughs> but then Ooh. use the eye that you've pulled out to remove the other eye. Oh. <laughs> that kind of level of creativity. Yeah, I'm just glad you were never emperor, right? <laughs> John died of the wounds a few months later. Well, he would, wouldn't yeah. he? Have one eye removed by another eye. <laughs> that is the end of John the Orphan Atrophus, and it's most likely because of Theodora. Should say, though, that this is uh, inference reading between lines we're not entirely certain it was her uh, but I think it was anyway life continues for Theodora for a while she lives in the palace uh, again we still get few details uh, Scruina dies if you remember um, oh. and the riots that started up about her being Augusta sort of passed it all died down Maniaches revolted remember but that was put down the Rus invaded uh, but that was put down the Emperor's second cousin, Leo, revolted and the capital was sieged. Uh, that was put down. Uh, no. And uh, Theodora presumably knew about this, but didn't do much about it, because why would she? She wasn't oh, in charge. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Zoe dies. So where would that put Theodora standing then? Because Con- Constantine 9 is now the guy. Yeah. So, Well, interestingly... Um, there was one theory that Theodora, upon hearing that her sister died, obviously did not shed many tears over her sister dying, and thought, great, I can now go back to being a nun. Um, and she attempted <laughs> to go back to being a nun, but Constantine wouldn't let her. Um, Do you think she's halfway through buffing a coin when she heard the news? Like, just, like, scraping it, you know, getting the dust off the coins. Yeah. Like, oh, your sister's died. Ah, well. And just carried on. I think so, yeah. That's probably Polishing what it's like. Polishing a coin. Yeah, yeah. If she did try to go and be a nun again, it failed. Uh, but I couldn't find where this came from. I've read it in a book, and I could not find the source for it. Um, so I'm not entirely sure where that comes from or if it happened. What we do know, however, is that Constantine just carries on being the emperor, and Theodora just carries on being in the background. Then, in 1055, the illness that had been afflicting Constantine for years came became too much for him, and he also dies. Oh. And so, at the age of 75, Theodora becomes the sole ruler of the Roman Empire. Wow. Yeah. 
So we starting this from now then? Well, we, we'll get back to that in a tempo <laughs> completo because uh, there's an argument to be had. Um, Celis tells us that everyone expected that she would just pass on rule to an advisor until they could find a new emperor. Hmm. However, Theodora did not do that, perhaps hinting that the idea of her just being passive all the time is actually false. Having lived a long time, Theodora knew how things worked. If she appointed someone now to rule the Empire in her stead, uh, they would most likely use whatever power she gave them to get rid of her to secure more power. That's just yeah. how it kind of worked. So instead, Theodora decided that she would rule herself, using her faction that she had been building for the last few years. Now, the first time she'd been made Emperor with her sister, she was freshly dragged out of a monastery and had literally no connections whatsoever. She had no power. She was a puppet. But apparently, Theodora had not been idle for the last 13 years and had built up a faction in the palace, including people who knew how to rule. But I'll quote Celis here, the Empire was her inheritance and hers alone, and she herself superintended all the affairs of the state. She was supported in this resolution by her retinue and palace officials, men who from long experience understood imperial policy and knew how the administration of the Empire functioned. So we see a huge difference here. Uh, she now has a power base around her and she's able to use it. She's no longer a puppet. This displeases a lot of people. <laughs> The powerful don't want a woman in charge, they want another man they can control. Celis uh, himself is obviously quite troubled. In fact, I'll quote him <laughs> again. Without the slightest embarrassment, she assumed the duties of a man, and she abandoned all pretense of acting through her ministers. She herself appointed her officials, dispensed justice from her throne, exercised her vote in the courts of law, issued decrees, sometimes in writing, and sometimes by word of mouth. <laughs> so, um, she actually took charge, and she ruled. There was a slight problem early on, however. Uh, there was at this time a tradition that when a new emperor came to the throne, gifts would be given to all the soldiers and all the citizens. We've seen this since the start of season one. It's generally a, I'm the new emperor, please don't kill me. Yeah. Yeah. Just just keep everyone <laughs> loyal. It's a bribe. Yeah. Big bribe at the start. That's what everyone does. However, this costs a fortune to do. Um, so, Theodora pointed something out. She was not a new emperor. She had been made emperor years ago with her sister, over a decade before. Oh. I'm just carrying on. If she was holding a microphone, she would have dropped that. Yeah, definitely. Apparently there were grumbles, but this was a strong enough argument that it didn't actually cause any <laughs> outright revolts or, or talk of rebellion. Uh, it was, oh, what the hell? I, like, oh, yeah. Fair point. <laughs> Reluctantly, people went, Goddess that's there. actually true, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> Hoping it. for a pay bump. Celis uh, somewhat reluctantly admits that if you ignore the fact that she was a woman, Theodora did very well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll quote him. Everyone was agreed that for the Roman Empire to be governed by a woman instead of a man was improper. And even if the people did not think so, it certainly seemed like they did. But if one removes this single objection, it must be admitted that in everything else, the empire prospered and its glory increased. That is insane praise from a massive misogynist. <laughs> no. <laughs> right, my particular favourite part there 
was that everyone agreed it was improper for a woman to govern. And even if the people didn't think so, it seemed like they did. Oh. To, to who, Celis? <laughs> to you? <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Um, yeah, so there you go. Things tick over for a while. Theodora appointed officials, made rulings, made judgments. Um, generally, just got on with the everyday running of an empire and seems to do a good job. However, there's no getting away from two facts. One, don't know if it's been pointed out yet, she was a woman. And two, oh. <laughs> perhaps far more importantly, uh, or more immediately, she was getting quite old. I mean, mm. 75 is getting old in anyone's book, but back then, yeah. that's, that's old. Many were calling for a younger man to take over. Theodora, however, refused. She wasn't even going to appoint a Caesar. She's not even going to talk about heirs. There's no way she's marrying. She's already made her views clear on that. Uh, and this was very sensible. She knew as soon as she made any move whatsoever to name a successor, infighting would start in the court. At, at the very best, political fighting would break out. At worst, and most likely, genuine fighting in the streets would break out. Uh, in fact, she exiled a couple of men who were starting to look like they might be looking at the throne. She just nipped that in the bud. She just exiled a couple of people who were saying the wrong things. But she was always fighting a losing battle. Uh, the more she appointed people loyal to her, which she did regularly, the more centralised the power became. Uh, and the more she did that, the more she angered those that did not want her in charge anyway. And this included the new patriarch. Uh, it was only a matter of time before a move against her was made. But in the end, there was no need, because Theodora's house suddenly starts to fail. Celis puts it bluntly, excretory processes broke down. This was followed by a loss of appetite and vomiting. Later, she was afflicted with violent diarrhoea, and almost a total evacuation of the intestines left her at death's door. Sounds like dysentery. Yeah, not nice. Her inside Ooh. bits were outside. That's never a good thing. No. Uh, those loyal to Theodora gathered round her on her deathbed and very quickly tried to figure out what to do. It's like, okay, we understand why you never talked about heirs before, Theodora, but maybe you need to get on that quite quickly now. Yes, we have a list of things to consider. Number one being heir. That's it. I'll hand her back over to Celis. The councillors were gathered together around the throne, their leader in the midst, deciding whom they should elect as the new emperor, in preference to all others, a man likely to favour themselves, hmm. one who would be reliable and would protect their own interests. It is not my purpose at the moment to describe the object of their choice, but I will say that the man chosen was pretty well the best candidate, except that he was the sort of person less qualified to rule than to be ruled and led by others. He was already in the autumn of his years, verging on old age, and his hair was completely grey. He was a virgin. <laughs> yeah. So they, they just pick this guy, basically, out of a hat. <laughs> You'll do. Yeah. We won't go into who that is yet, because we'll obviously do his episode, and we'll find out Surprise. then. Surprise episode. But it'll be a new uh, a new group, won't it? A new oh, we'll get into cluster. that in a second. Now, it's, it's not clear uh, how much Theodore is part of this decision, who the next emperor is. Oh, not at all, obviously. Well, there's a good chance she was past caring. Uh, she yeah. was on death's door. Uh, who knows, yeah. maybe she had enough about her to put in her tuppence worth. We don't know. Uh, what we do know is that she dies soon afterwards. 
Oh, do you think she did that as a, like a, her last joke? I will just put in my tuppence worth, pulls out her coin collection and just oh, throws her. The first joke she's ever made in her la- life, yes. and it is the last thing she ever says. And it's way too awkward, so nobody smiles or laughs. Yeah. It's, just, oh. it's just an awkward silence that literally lasts the rest of her life. <laughs> Five minutes. <laughs> Unfortunately, three days. And she hung on for Ooh. a while. <laughs> oh, they were standing there for three days going... Can't look at her, can't look at her, can't look at her. Checking the sundial every now and again. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So there you go, she's dead. And with her dies the Macedonian dynasty. Uh, Just to remind you, the Macedonian dynasty is Basil I, Leo VI the Wise, Alexander II, Zoe I Colais, Romanos I, Stephen, Constantine Seven Purple Born, Romanos II, Nikephros II, John Zimiskis, Basil II, Constantine VIII, Romanos III, Michael IV, Michael V the Ship Smearer, Zoe the Purple Born, Constantine IX, and now finally Theodora II. All of those count as the same dynasty. Now, to be fair, so quite quite a, quite a short-lived one. Then. Yeah. Well, to be fair, if you remember some of those uh, names that I read out, uh, at least half, if not more, of those names were actually not part of the family. They were just people gently Married. cooing the family whilst yeah. they sat in the background. Uh, but they were yeah. all, all lumped in together. The Macedonian yeah. dynasty. It's a big wow. chunk of Roman history. Uh, it's. It was good. I, How big does it compare to other dynasties? Uh, no. It sounds like one of the biggest. Oh, it is easily hands down the biggest dynasty. Um, Yeah. Uh, Oh, I'm not sure if you actually just strictly take the dynasty itself. I'm not sure if it would be. But if you include all the gentle killers, then yeah, it is. Um, Mm. It's 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 a good good chunk of Roman history. I've I've enjoyed doing this a lot. It's. uh, Reminds me most of the uh, Julio Claudians in that you actually see like family disputes and things. Yeah, brother sisterly violence and. Yeah, exactly. Right, so there you go. Bit of an odd episode. Like I say, we covered lots of it before, but there's no denying she was sole ruler for a while, so she definitely needed her an episode. Uh, but there's just so little on her. There was there yeah. wasn't much on her sister. There's even less on Theodora. Which seems slightly unfair, because Theodora seemed to do more in the way of actually ruling. Yeah, and seemed... Who was the guy? Celus. Celus, yeah. He, he, he's quite complimentary in, in yeah. his way. <laughs> in his massively so. sexist way. Yeah. yeah. Right, let's rate her. Fightius Maximus. It's got to be a zero. Uh, you, you could, for discussion, you could say she politically with a few she banned a few people yeah i mean the one thing i do have is that she refused to marry she fought against what was expected by her as a uh, a royal princess her sister went fine i'll get married she refused to every step of the way that's like queen elizabeth she did the same thing i'm married to my country she said yeah yeah exactly um so maybe i've a token point for that, maybe? I'll be willing to give... No, not for fighty. I'm willing to give a one for that, just because it's slightly more impressive than what her sister did, because Zoe just seemed to go along with things, and uh, Theodora fought back. Uh, but it's really not much. Okay, we'll give a one. Okay, that is one for Phytius Maximus. Oh, hang on, before we move on, there was a chance that she attempted to coup twice. But maybe they were made-up stories about Ooh. her. We don't know. Well, let's go with the assumption that it's definitely true. Um, 
if that's the case, which it now is, I'll give it one point as well then. Okay, another token point. So that's two for Fighters Maximus. There we go. Compa- should we compare it to Zoe each, each step of the Ooh, way? Oh, yes, please. Okay, what did Zoe, Zoe got yeah. zero. Yeah, that makes fighting. sense. That makes sense. Zoe definitely seems less fighty of the two. Yeah. Theodore seems more stubborn. Yeah, definitely. Next round. Atrovium crazy. I've, I've, I've got nothing here. Um... As you can think of, I mean, she collects coins, which is a sign of a serial killer. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I just took out a few eyes, but nothing, nothing major. Um, <laughs> I love that about this series. <laughs> she took out some eyes. It's it's nothing big. Yeah, but compare that to the torture and the dipping in oil and the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... You know, throwing slaves at gladiators is very different. Basil two. Got quite a few probium crazy points for removing the eyes of people, but that was literally better than thousands killing. of people Maybe. all in one go. Yeah, no, that was like a bulk eye removal, wasn't it? Yeah, that was. Um, whereas this was her asking for someone who had nunned her to have her his eyes removed. This was just a bit of old-fashioned revenge. It's quite excessive, though. You know, oh yes, you you put me into a church that I wanted to go back to, take out his eyes. Yeah, but I don't think she was happy there. Nothing. Um... No, I, mean, I can't give anything for this. I don't think so. Next. Success ultimate. Right, I'm on an advantage on you here because I know how um, how long she ruled for. Yeah, I don't think we can make a judgment on this until you know how long it lasted. I'm going to suggest we change the order of the rooms. What? No, 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 no. I... I mm. How about we do it from what we know now, but then go back? Because I don't think I, I no, I, I don't think I can cope with that. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. There, there is precedence for us going back and changing. There is not precedence for us going forward. Yeah, there's just too much crap going on in the world right now. I don't think I can cope with that. Okay, fair enough. Right, let's make a call, and if you find out how long she ruled for, because my argument for her getting points is when she ruled, she ruled well enough to keep a status quo. Yes, so that, that's what that's what I was thinking. I was thinking yeah. around about five, because no, no major wars, nothing was taken, nothing yeah. was gained, so... I'm going to go for three. You know something. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I'm putting it down to potential eight potential right Potential eight. I might yeah. change it. Okay. Is there anything else to discuss in this round? I don't think so. I think all she did is status quo stuff. No, and she didn't really... I mean, she fought off little... She probably fought off all the things that anyone else would fight off. Like, there's people shout on the street, get rid yeah. of them, sort of thing. I suppose there is always the case when we do female rulers um, that they need to deal with a lot more crap than all the other rulers. Uh, it's true. And it's always going to be a lot harder for them. Yes. Uh, uh, but I would say that this kind of fell into Theodora's lap... She was forced onto the throne as a puppet. It's not something she tried to do, and then it just fell into her lap a second time. To be fair, she was more prepared, so that's why I'm giving her some points. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy with my three. Let's go to the next round. Image of Oh, she's holding a coin in her left hand. <laughs> I think it might be an orb. No, it's a coin. <laughs> it's a coin. Definitely I'm, a I'm coin. Just, I'm showing you this coin, Jamie, but at the same time, just remember which you obviously already have. Yeah. She loved coins. So imagine how sad she would be yeah. that this is the coin that belongs to her. I mean, 
it's obviously been worn down over time. There's a flattening on the surfaces, which would devalue it, just saying. It's um, not even vaguely circular-shaped. It looks like it's a, ch- a chip of metal that... You, you know those machines when you go to museums and you put, like, yeah. £50 pounds into them and, it, and a penny coin, and then it prints on... You squash your penny coin to make a yeah. new coin, and well, it's just it's... this misshapen metal <laughs> mess... That comes out. But that's, that's what it looks like. But that's how coins were made. Then they were hammered. Um, you'd you get a die, like an inverted die. You put it on a sheet of metal and just smack it with a hammer and get your coin out. Obviously, something's gone a bit wrong here. I don't know why it's so deformed. I mean, it's 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 not been chipped away. It's not the the edges. No, it's... have haven't been made circular. It's almost as if it's a coin that was minted but not finished, or half melted, or half melted. Maybe. <laughs> So if we ignore the fact that the coin's all misshapen, it's also not a good image. Um, it's not. That's what I was also. That's what I was focusing on. Focusing on actually until you yeah. pointed it out. It looks like she went to sleep and then someone came and put something heavy on her face, and that's how she woke up in the morning. Well, yeah. I mean, things have been etched and rubbed off over time, but the it, coins now are very stylized anyway. They don't really look yeah. anything like the person. It is a shame because her sister has that amazing mosaic. Yeah, and uh, now we've just got a rubbish coin again. But she is holding a coin, definitely a coin on her <laughs> coin. It's like coinception. Which well, I if you're like. saying that's a coin, you might as well argue that all those little circular things that she's wearing are <gasps> also coins, and she's got coins on her crown. I bet you're right, and on her dress as well. Oh, yeah, no, I think you're and right. Just above her nose, just to the left and the right, there were two coins there as well. Yes. Yeah. So. How coiny. Um, I'm not impressed. No. I'm going for two. I might have to match it. Um, I, I do like the fact that historically it's got the big splat. You know, it's obviously a, a dodgy coin on the outside. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'll have to. I'll meet you on two. 0.5 then. Temple completed. Okay, so now we have uh, a discussion. Do we go from her when she became emperor with her sister? Even though she stepped down shortly afterwards, yeah, we, we've we're getting to the point now. We've had complaints about this that they were so inconsistent. We are, but fortunately, we are so inconsistent. <laughs> I would say that we now have precedent for anything we do. So, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So we can't do anything wrong here. <laughs> I think we um, go with our gut and we go with what we feel like. Well, my gut feeling is when she became sole emperor. Then that's my gut. Because that's when she actually had anything to do. What did we... Let's do the same as we did for Zoe. What did we do for Zoe? Uh, two months. <laughs> so not ah, very long. So we did just her soul time. We did not do it when Constantine was there. Yeah. So let's do the same with Theodora. So Theodora... See, consistency. Theodora gets that two months, which is nice. But then, after Constantine dies, she becomes emperor again. Although she would argue she was just still emperor, so she doesn't have to pay anything. Mm-hmm. Um, she ruled from 1055 to 1056. Oh, not as long as I thought. <laughs> no. Ah. It's a little bit longer. I'm going to call that um, 15 months. So, can you see get... why I'm yeah. thinking different? Do we need to go back now? Yes, I think so. Well, hang on, let's just work out her score here. So, that gives her a score of 0.15. For this round. And now we're, we're going back, aren't we? Yes, I, I think that's fair. Back we go. Success Um, I'm... Yeah, I, what you said, that everything you say to say to quo, but it wasn't for, like, 20 years, so... Yeah, 
Yeah, if it was a long period of time, if if even yeah. if it was like three years, I'd easily be in the five bracket. Yeah. Uh, but maintaining a status quo for just one year is not actually as difficult no. as as it could be. Certainly. For that reason, I'm going to match your score. So that is down to a three. Fair enough. Which has now changed our total score. Oh, hang on. We can't do total score yet. We've got to get back to tempo complete our room. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So we need to go back through Image of Facius. Image of Facius. And now back into Tempo Completer. Tempo Completer. Right, okay, here we are. And whilst we were walking through those rooms, I saw you furiously clicking away at our abacus. Remind me what Zoe got. Zoe, so to score, got 8.77. 8.77 for Zoe, right? Okay. Yes. And what does Theodora, her sister, get? 8. Oh, yeah. 0.65. Oh, oh, that is close. That is very close. That's point... Something. Zero point... <laughs> <laughs> that's 0 0.8, isn't it? Yeah, oh, that, 0 0.8 that is, away. Oh, she will be so annoyed with that. Especially... And she was emperor for longer. She perhaps did more. Yeah. Almost feels like... So what did Zoe get a point for? You? Oh, it's the, it's the mosaic. Crazy and Imager. Yeah, she will nominate Imager by yeah, quite a way. It was she got just... massive points for that. Oh, it was an amazing mosaic, that's why. See? Yeah. Get a mosaic, you're going to do better. You might be able to <laughs> rule for a year, but who cares? You need a mosaic in Harger Sphere, that's what you need. Oh, that's brutal. It's like, we, we've completely undermined her entire reign based on what she looked like. <laughs> oh, don't say it like that. What her coin looked like, Jamie. That what her coin better. looked like, yeah. <laughs> that sounds much better. Um, right, okay. I'm really sorry. Theodora, and we're only going to compound the pain here because we've got a question to ask. I'm going to go with yes. Well, obviously, no. No, no, she collected coins. That means she's a very cool person. She had interest, she had depth, she kept the empire from crumbling for that 15 months. <laughs> um, she had everyone against her. She, you know, they were fighting to get her out, but she clung on and, well, she died. But, you know. It's a no, isn't it? It's a no, yeah. Okay. I'll admit, part of me was wondering if you were really going to like drag this all the way to Jupiter to, to decide. I can if you want. Oh, no, no. It's a definitely <laughs> a no. <laughs> but I was wondering if you were going to drag it that far. Uh, but you didn't. And I think you were, you, were, you were a bigger man for it, Jamie. I'm impressed. I hope you, you're now waving the coin. I won't do it. I won't use it, don't worry. Well, we've decided no. Go on, see what Jupiter thinks. <gasps> Jupiter says she should have got it. It's a good job we'd already decided now, isn't it? I showed you the camera because I didn't want to think that I was changing it. But Yeah, no, there we go. Um, yeah. Well, 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 it's a coin deciding, a coin collector. It's going to go her way, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's obvious coin bias. That's what that is. Right, okay, sorry, Theodora. You do not have Jeanne César. Um, and also, you round up the dynasty. So, we are done with the Macedonians. Yeah. We have a mystery emperor next, Ooh. but it's not going to be our next Roman episode. <gasps> what do you mean, Rob? Well, like I mentioned last time, it's time to do some Republican episodes. Yeah. Uh, the poll will be up by the time this episode is released, so if you've not seen it, go onto Facebook or Twitter and go and decide what Roman Republic episode mini-arc you would like. The suggestions are, that I've come up with so far, is uh, the ancient mythological Romans. Oh, that'd be good. Or semi-mythological, I should say. Yeah. Uh, the two Catos. 
or Cicero and Catiline. Uh, someone has also suggested uh, we do the aforementioned Enemies of Rome trilogy. <laughs> so uh, Spartacus, um, Hannibal, uh, and Mithridates. Oh, that'd be amazing. I'm not going to sway the result. It would be amazing. We're so cool. If I do one of those, I'm not going to do all three in one chunk. That is just too big. No. <laughs> uh, so we could choose an enemy of Rome. Uh, Hannibal would actually make sense since we've just finished Scipio. Um, we could see his side of things uh, as a kind of summing up the Punic War uh, way. But then again, Spartacus is always a brilliant story, so we could just do Spartacus. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we'd have to watch the film as well. We would have to watch the film. Yeah. Anyway, I'll put these up. So come come along. Uh, let us know what you want us to do. It means the schedule will be uh, somewhat different for maybe the next couple of months or so, as we're yep. also doing Republican episodes. The American episodes will still be out in their normal slot, uh, but we will be doing something different with the Emperors and the Republican episodes. We've just not quite decided how it's going to be yet. Um, but anyway, let us know what you want. On Facebook yeah. or Twitter. Uh, yeah, and don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, don't bother. Um, and you can download us from Podbean, iTunes and Stitcher, as you obviously have. I suppose all that needs to be said then is... Would you like to look at my coins? Goodbye. Goodbye. Augusta, we, we've tracked down John the Orphan Atrophus. Please, give the order. What shall we do to this man who imprisoned you so? Well, let me show you my coin collection. Here's one coin I purchased a few weeks ago from Persia. Uh, Augusta? This is a silver coin that is highly embossed. If you look here, the date has been slightly altered, which is a defect. This will raise its value amongst our coin collectors. Also, his left nostril is slightly enlarged compared to his right o nostril o o o and his right eyebrow. It yes. Orders, Augusta. We really need to know what to do with John. Ah, I see. This coin is a copper-made coin, a lot cheaper than the silver coin, more mass-produced, and it is obviously hammered with the defect on the southern point. Uh, the embossed side uh, on the has scratches, which means it's been highly used in the past 400 years. Uh, 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 but it's Augusta, been kept in quite mint condition. I really, really, I, I hate to press you, and this is fascinating. But I just just need one, or, I mean, what do we do? Uh, execution? Uh, I mean, uh, exile? What, what, what do you want with him? What do you want done? Try and concentrate, Augusta. Just, just anything at all. Ah, so you want to know what I think? Y y yes Augusta. You want my opinion? Yes, yes. Well, my opinion on this coin. Oh. It is a gold sovereign all the way from Britain. It's quite unique. But Augusta, if you notice, I really, the eyes have really been heavily scratched out. I'm sorry, what? The date at the bottom has also been scratched out. No, no, about the eyes, Augusta. What were you saying about the eyes? If I turn the coin over, you can see a picture of a flag. On on, on the eyes, Augusta. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna run with the eyes, okay? Eyes yes. don't run. Ha <laughs> Oh, she's making jokes. Okay. Thank you, Augusta. Thank you. Let's start back again in 980. Theodora was born. 
to Constantine Eight, and Helena. Damn, didn't write the name. I'm going to say something different then. Starting 980, Theodora was born the third and youngest daughter of Constantine VIII and the niece of the great Basil II. What was Theodora's mum's name? Can you remember, Rob? I think it's Helena. <laughs> I'm going to say Helena, and if I have to edit this out, no one will ever know. It is Helena, isn't it? I don't know. Listen. Hang on, I'll check my notes. <laughs> Hang on, I've got Zoe's notes here, and I would have written it down on hers, so... Stephen Alexander? Yes. You got it? Yeah. Oh, virtual high five on us. Oh, there uh, yeah, there we, we go. go. That's cool. Yeah. Remembered that. Wasn't in my notes. I pay attention. <laughs> yeah. So her mother was Helena, father Constantine eight. 